Hey yo, welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed stuff love and a whole lot of real talk, but let me just say this journey is so much more fun with a bestie, so buckle up and let's do it together. Okay, what's up? This is kind of like an impromptu podcast because my original plan was to take my IG live that I just did on my Instagram and convert it into this week's podcast episode, but I got done with the IG live and I was like, ooh, there's so many juicy things that I missed. So I'm going to kind of rework and re-talk through the things that I missed on my IG live, but first of all, Cheers to mother freaking growth because (laughs) I've had my Instagram account for two and a half years and I have never done an IG live. And when I tell you that I sat there and I stared at the IG live screen for 15 minutes and I was like trembling, like imposter syndrome, like who do you think you are going like live about your experience with burnout was at an all time high. And I think that that's such a powerful reminder that whenever you encounter something that you need to do, that you're feeling so called to do, but it scares the crap out of you, when you get sweaty palms, you doubt yourself, you're like, who do I think that I am? That means you need to go for it. And I literally like close my eyes, three, two, one, hit start and just like did it. And sometimes you just have to rip the bandaid off and go for the big, scary, uncomfortable things because you never know what's going to come from it on the other side. I think back to when I launched my first business, when I launched my first podcast, as I'm working through this new season and these pivots that I'm making in mentorship opportunities that I'm offering, all of the things which like... By the way, subtle plug, y'all here are going to be the first to know about the next mentorship that I'm doing and like the next business pivot that I'm doing. So just like buckle up and make sure you keep coming back week after week, checking in on here and also checking in over on the gram at Michaela underscore Robertson underscore. And then also my email list. I sometimes will randomly pop some love and some like info into your email inbox. So if you're not on my email list, jump down to the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, if you just swipe up. you'll see the show notes and you can click on join my email list and I will make sure that you are looped in. But let's talk about my experience as a new grad nurse and with burnout specifically. And I want to start by just saying if you're a new grad or you're somebody who is in the nursing world your first one to three years and you're like, hmm, I did not sign up for this know that I'm with you, I hear you, I feel you, I see you, and like we're in this together. And I want to use today's episode to not only talk about my experience with burnout as a new grad nurse, but also help you get curious on what your profession looks like, what your feelings look like, how you hold yourself, how you show up to work, and really how that translates and the correlation between your professional life and your personal life. And I have really been honing in on the fact that those two are meant to sync. You are meant to live in alignment with both your professional life and your personal life at all levels, at all capacities. It shouldn't feel like you have to give a lot to one and take some from the other. Like, I don't really like to say the word balance because I do think that there is certain seasons where the give is a little bit more than the take or vice versa, but you really have to find the purpose and find the fulfillment 
fulfillment, fulfillment and joy in what it is that you do at work, whether you're a healthcare professional or not, you can still relate to this episode. So I just like a short little backstory. I started my first job as a new grad nurse on a med surg unit, specifically in ear, nose, throat in surgical oncology. And when I like started as a new grad, I wanted to do oncology. Like I wanted to get chemo certified. Like I wanted to give back to my oncology community because that is why I started nursing was because my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was a senior in high school. I was literally her right hand hand as my parents are divorced. And so she really didn't have anybody to go to the doctor's appointments, to go to the chemo appointments with her, to really just like be her emotional and physical support. And so I stepped into that role and the nurses were the people who made the difference. Like night and day, they were checking in on me. They were asking how schoolwork was going. They were asking about like my track meets and on her last day of chemo, she got to ring that chemo bell and they celebrated the crap out of her. And I was like, it was just like such an emotional experience at all different levels. But also I knew that I wanted to be that light in somebody else's life. And so as I'm saying that, and as I'm telling you my story, what's your story? What did you write on your nursing school application as to why you wanted to become a nurse? Was it your own personal experience? And a lot of times it is. It's because those emotional ties that we create between what we do, what we love to do, and what we do for work, all are kind of in cohesion. But with that also comes the attachment of identity to work. And you know, like this is who I am. And without this career, this is who I'm not. And those are some kind of myths that we're going to work through and break through, which the podcast is going to be making a couple of pivots. I want to do more nurse-driven podcasts because I know my nurse fam listens to this. And if you're not part of my nurse fam, it's okay. You can still vibe with this. You can still have things that you take away from it. But if you are a part of the nurse life community, I would love to hear topics that you want to know specifically about nursing. Um, so come connect with me on IG at Michaela underscore Robertson underscore so we can kind of talk through different topics that you want. But gosh, I'm a squirrel today. Okay, back on track. So first six months of new grad life, it was happy-go-lucky. I was so excited every single day. I was showing up. I was getting up before work at 4 35 o'clock in the morning to crush some workouts. I was building my online business Beachbody. I was making more money than I ever had before. I was seeing more success than I ever had before. I had this inkling to launch a podcast. So I add that into the mix. I was traveling a decent amount. I was training for a marathon. I was doing all of these things and I honored and respected. I went into new grad life and I said, I am not going to pick up any overtime. One, because I'm making enough money as like an additional income that I don't need to. And also because I'm not going to be the nurse who falls into the cycle of burnout. And I already had that decision made up in my mind ahead of time. So then I told myself, well, you're never going to experience burnout because you already, you know, you told yourself, you know, right? You're not going to experience burnout. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, these incentive pays that they're offering are really, really great. So I was like, okay, I'll pick up one shift. And then one shift turned into another shift. And then that turned into another shift. And that turned into another shift. And then I started to explore other ways that I could make money outside of bedside nursing. And this was kind of the tipping point for me because I picked up a per diem job doing home infusion and I loved it. I found so much 
just fresh air there in the sense of when I went to work and like at the time I did not connect these pieces. So if you're in a season where you're like something feels off, something just doesn't feel right, know that that's okay and honor that gut intuition because your gut will never fail you that things are not right. But you have to start to go down the rabbit hole of asking yourself better questions to get better answers. You have to start exploring other options and other opportunities that are out there, which is what I want to talk about because I got that per diem job and it was such a breath of fresh air. I didn't feel suffocated. I felt like I had autonomy. I didn't feel like I was rushed. I really got to slow down and, you know, educate patients. And it made me realize the things about nursing that I liked, but also the things about my current job at the time that I didn't like. And so I started to ask myself, how can I find a job that pulls these pieces of I like to slow down. I like to be able to have time with my patients. I love the education component of patients. And at my current, at my job at the time, I don't want to say current job because that makes it confusing. At my job at the time, I didn't, I had one to six ratios. I didn't have the time to slow down. I didn't have the time to do discharges or education with my patients because I had so many other things going on. And I started to feel like I was living in defense mode. And I kept telling myself, I can do anything for 12 hours. I just have to get through this one shift. I just have to get through this stretch of three shifts and then I'll be off for five days. And it was like buying myself more mentality that became a huge red flag for me. Because I was like, if and maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're like, I'm in this season where I tell myself I can do anything for 12 hours because I find as nurses, we tell ourselves that a lot and that's okay to do it from time to time. But if you're in a constant state where you're trying to buy yourself more time at your job to find fulfillment, to find excitement, to find passion, to whatever, it's probably not gonna happen. So quit trying to buy yourself time and make yourself an exit plan. And so the, my like transition season was like, okay, I'm going to make an exit plan. <laughs> I'm going to get a different job. And with that, I was obsessed with ZipRecruiter. I had the email notifications on for every possible job that I could apply for. I was hitting submit on applications that I didn't even know what the job was actually for, but I was like anything that I can do to get me out of this job, like, please let me leave. And I started to dread my podcast. I started to dread my business. I was no longer being excited about marathon training. I was really just overall fatigued, unfulfilled, low energy, no drive, no passion, no compassion for my patients. Like I would get so annoyed at the even the littlest things at work. And lo and behold, hint, hint, that's called compassion fatigue. And that's a very real thing that our education system fails to teach us on is that you get to a point where you carry so much and you encounter so many stressors that you no longer have the empathy to give your patients what they need. And that is a big red flag because if you go to work and you find yourself being annoyed, being irritable, always being on edge, that's a sign that maybe you're experiencing compassion fatigue. And I did a whole podcast episode on this, which I can link in the show notes, but it's really, again, that cycle of asking yourself better questions to get better answers. What are the things that are annoying me? What are my triggers both at work and outside of work? And where am I trying to buy myself time? And I knew that I needed to switch jobs, but I had this feeling of guilt. I was like, if I leave here right now, 
I'm going to be a part of the problem. I'm going to be a part of the nursing shortage. I am going to be part of the reason why this unit is short staffed. And let me just say, like, insert clapping hands emojis. It is not your job to staff your unit. It is not your job to fill in the holes because it is your job to take care of yourself. And I cannot express that enough because when we fall into this cycle of human giver syndrome, which is a real freaking thing, and it tends to happen in women more often, where we get fulfillment and we get pride through giving, through giving to our patients, through giving to our relationships, through giving to our friends, to our family, to our community, through giving to everybody else. But eventually you're going to get to the point where you give so much and you don't take anything in return that you're going to break. You're going to hit that bottom. You're going to hit that breaking point for you that feels like rock bottom. And for me, it was it was rock bottom of my first job as a nursing career. And you have to realize that burnout is a spectrum. There is very mild burnout and there's very intense burnout. And you might fall somewhere at one or the at one end or the other, and you might fall somewhere in between. Burnout is a spectrum, but burnout is also a cycle. There's the burnout, there's the breakdown, and there's the bounce back. The burnout is that feeling of, is this it? Am I experiencing burnout? I'm overwhelmed, I'm fatigued, I'm not finding joy, I'm easily frustrated, I'm irritable, I'm not sleeping great, I really resent my boyfriend or my husband or my, you know, my best friend, whoever it is, and everything they do really just irritates me, I'm never excited to go to work, I sleep until the very last minute when my alarm goes off, I think about all the reasons what I could, why I could call in, does this sound like you? <laughs> because that was me, I was like, okay. And again, at the time, I didn't know that that was burnout. I just thought it was normal. I was experiencing being a nurse in the middle of a pandemic. I thought that it was because I was picking up overtime. I thought it was because I was wearing too many hats with podcast biz, social relationships, nurse life. And I was, but I didn't realize that it was actually burnout. And then I had the breakdown. I was crying after work a lot of nights. Like I can think about, we had this bridge that connected the hospital to the parking deck and there would be nights where I would get across the bridge and I would just close my eyes and tears would just roll down my cheeks and I would say is this really it like is this what I signed up for and then I would get on a zip recruiter and scroll and search for hours and hours of jobs that could fit my life jobs that would make me excited jobs that would fill me up again and that was my breakdown point where I was frantically applying for jobs that I didn't even know what they actually entailed, but just that they were something outside of what I was currently doing. And your breakdown might look different. Your breakdown might be a little more mild. It might just be a deep, ugly cry when you get off a shift. But take note, is it after every single shift? Is it after certain events that happen at shifts? Is it after you're around certain coworkers or certain people? Maybe your breakdown is just quitting your job and saying F nursing. That's okay too. Maybe it's not the season for you right now to be a nurse. But don't discount the nursing profession 
don't blame the nursing profession because there's other options out there outside of the job that you're currently doing. So if it's making you feel and putting you into this cycle of burnout, don't just quit. I encourage you not to just quit. I encourage you to explore other options, which we'll talk about in another episode. Like I said, I have so many good episode ideas for my nurse fam, but exploring other options and seeing what else is out there has been so, so powerful for me. And that leads us to the bounce back. You reset the routine, you get the new job, you reignite that fire, you get the new schedule, you switch to part-time, whatever it is that you do to bounce back from that breakdown. And for me, I think about this in two different ways. I was going through this cycle of burnout frequently. I think that we all go through the cycle of burnout. I think that even to this day, I still go through the cycle of burnout every once in a while. And it's when I lose that self-awareness of what I'm doing, where my energy is going, who I am, that I fall into it. But now I have this self-awareness, this newfound sense of knowledge about what burnout is and what burnout isn't. But the bounce back for me was getting done with a stretch of three in a row and being like, all right, I'm going to reset my routine so that way the next three in a row is not like this. Okay, it's a new month. I'm going to reset my routine and try and get excited about work again. I'm going to try and, you know, change up my schedule to reignite that fire and that passion for my podcast and my biz. And it just wasn't happening. It was so exhausting. And for me, my bounce back between jobs was taking three weeks off work. And really that's where the shift happened for me. And I'm not saying you have to quit your job and get a completely new job and take three weeks off work to have your bounce back, but you do have to have a heightened self-awareness of what it is that you need in the season that you are in. Because your burnout and the spectrum that your burnout's on looks much different than the spectrum that I was on. And I'm sure of that, or not different than the spectrum, but you're at a different point in the spectrum than I was. And I don't wanna say like, I was like so incredibly burnt out that I physically couldn't function because that wasn't the case. But I was at a point of burnout that didn't feel good. And really that's all it takes is just knowing that you feel like shit, (laughs) knowing that you're not excited, knowing that you don't feel good about the work that you're doing. And I've learned that burnout is thrown around a lot, but it's not something that is taught. If you think about the education system, when in nursing school did you learn what compassion fatigue was? When in nursing school did you learn the stress cycle and how to close the stress cycle? When in nursing school did you learn what burnout was and the physical signs and symptoms of burnout? I don't know about you, but I didn't learn about any of those things in nursing school which is why I'm feeling so incredibly called to make these pivots in my business because we need to change the education system. We need to change who we are on a personal level so that way it can be in sync with who we are at a professional level, with who you are at a professional level. And we have to know ourselves, how we experience burnout, how the physical signs and symptoms manifest in your own life, how you cope, how you handle tough situations, how you handle tough shifts, or maybe how you push down the tough shifts. And I am so excited to just continue to put together the pieces of my burnout story, but also to help you put together the pieces of your burnout story. And so if you're still listening to this podcast episode, I want you to think about what does your burnout story look like? 
where on the spectrum do you fall? What kind of physical signs and symptoms of burnout may you be experiencing? And how can you take ownership of that? And there is seven things that I did that I just want to outline for you really quick. The first one is I started interviewing and exploring new jobs and new opportunities because I realized that what I was doing was by golly, not the only thing or the only form of nursing out there. And I really did think that I was going to leave bedside nursing when I made the job transition, but I ended up transferring to, or not transferring, I ended up going to a new hospital with a completely different patient population. And it has been such a breath of fresh air. And it's really what I think I needed to reignite the excitement and the curiosity lens about how I can grow my skill set in the medical field and as a nurse because the unit that I'm on now is so drastically different than the unit that I was on before. It's all things cardiac, monitors, drips, you know, the lovely COVID step-down patients and it's made me excited. It makes me excited to go to work every single day and to learn something new versus at my old job, I felt like I was just going through the motions. Like I literally knew what I was going to get in every single day. I was taking care of six patients. My time skills were so damn efficient. I was passing meds. You know, I was done with first med pass by 10, assessments and charting done by noon, hopefully, and then start the next med pass and then be done with that by three, have a little bit of downtime to go outside and eat some lunch and then here we are, passive meds again. Like it was like this cycle I knew I could anticipate was coming next and I hated it. So that's why the new job has been such a fresh air, for, like breath of fresh air for me. The second thing I did, I put at my note, put in my notice at work and it was hard leaving my first job. I was like, I'm so comfortable here in the same sense. I know the routine. I know the patient population. I know like the doctors. I know the people that I work with and I feel good. I feel confident that, you know, I do feel so efficient in my work, but that was also kind of a red flag to me because I was like, I got to leave here. I got to go get uncomfortable before I get too comfortable and I stay here forever. And I see a lot of nurses doing this. They stay in what they know in fear of having to learn something new, in fear of being in a new place and maybe not loving it as much, leaving a team behind that's really, really great. And that is so hard because that was one of the hardest things for me was leaving behind a team where I did feel incredibly supported, but also acknowledging that it's not my forever place. And I knew that I needed to get out sooner rather than later. So I did exactly that. The third thing I did, I took three weeks off and oh my gosh, was it the most glorious three weeks of my life. I went down to Florida to visit my family. I really just like unplugged. I revamped my podcast, you know, and I brought on new podcast guests. I started to, you know, mastermind some new business ideas. And I just let myself be. I didn't have the pressure of I need to get these things done. I was like, I'm just going to take these next three weeks to reignite inside of me what makes me feel best about myself and I also the fourth thing the fourth thing that I did was I learned what I was going to do differently in this job in this new job and for me that was you know being upfront and honest and communicating what my boundaries are ahead of time like in my interview I told them I need a consistent day off every single week 
And then like two weeks into the job, my manager came to me and she said, hey, do you still need a consistent day off every single week? And I didn't because things had changed with my per diem job. But the fact that I communicated that upfront and she relayed that back to me just goes to show how powerful it is to communicate what it is that you want. Also with that same thing, communication can be really tough. And I was going, I like had this whole thing about getting hired on one unit, but then training on a different unit and then was going to be sent to this other unit. It was this really complicated thing, but the unit that they wanted to send me to was not the unit that I had applied or been hired for. And so having that uncomfortable conversation of like, hey, here's my goals as a professional. Here's my goals in my career. I think that staying on this unit is one, best going to help you because I have a strong skill set, X, YZ, and two, because this is where I see myself going. And this is how I think that this unit is going to help me grow. And so just going into this second job with the mindset of I am going to be so honest and real about what it is that I need. So that way I don't feel pressured to do things that don't feel good for me, which I found myself doing at my last job a lot when it came to picking up extra shifts, when it came to just doing things I didn't really want to do. And The fifth thing, I kind of already touched on this, found a job with skills that I was excited to learn. I was so excited to jump into the cardiac world. I didn't even, I knew, I didn't know, and I still am learning how to read an EKG strip. Like, yeah, we've learned the basics of it in nursing school, but the arrhythmias and the drips that go with it and the causes and just like all these things that are like way over my head, but it's so fun to be excited about learning the new things. The sixth thing I did, I journaled a lot, especially during those three weeks that I was off about how I was feeling. And again, asking yourself better questions gets you better answers. Asking and taking inventory of what makes me feel good, what doesn't make me feel good, what makes me excited, what doesn't make me excited, what things do I want to learn, what things am I not excited to learn, where do I see myself going in my career, where do I see myself not going in my career, what kind of professional goals do I have, what kind of personal goals do I have, how can those live in sync, what am I feeling right now? And it's just like when you go down the rabbit hole and you open up up these doors of like the opportunities are absolutely endless that's when you start to really find a career professional and a personal life that live in sync which is now my mantra and my life motto because the two should be in sync you should be able to be yourself and who you are outside of work also at work you should be able to translate your skills and capitalize on those outside of work but also at work and I find myself at my new job you know taking things from my personal growth world and implementing them into the unit, being a steward of the culture that I want to be a part of. And the seventh thing that I did was I got my energy back and I realigned my values. And this kind of goes back to learning what I was going to do differently is that I really had to sit down and ask myself, what do I value in my career, in my professional life? What do I value in my personal life and how can I make sure I'm not crossing those boundaries or compromising my values to please other people? And I want to leave you with this one last thing, and that is that it is not your job for somebody else's response to your honest and real conversations. Whether that's you leaving your job, whether that's you talking about transferring units, whether that's you talking about maybe leaving nursing in in general and going on to pursue something different or you cutting back to part-time or per DM or whatever it is, you are not responsible for how they react to your request. But you are responsible to 
at least bring it to the table. Because if you never ask, the answer is always no. If you don't seek out the opportunities, they're not just going to show up to you. And I think that that is what is most important. And we've chatted about a lot of different things in this podcast episode from burnout and the spectrum of burnout and the cycle of burnout. And the things that I did in the transition of burning myself out of my first job as a new grad nurse to now this second job as a new grad, or am I still considered a new new grad? I don't think so. To now my second job as a nurse and really where I see myself going in the future. I don't really know. And I think that's been one of the hardest things for me is that I'm somebody that loves everything. I love to do all the things. I love to be all the things. I love to, you know, just see all the people, experience all the things, but really taking ownership that just because there's burnout in work doesn't mean there's not burnout in personal life. And when you learn to live in sync, when you learn that the two complement each other, that what you do outside of work affects how you show up to work, and how when you learn that what you do at work affects how you show up outside of work, you can really start to learn how to sync the two through routines, thoughts, values, all of the things. But That is how I want to leave you for this podcast episode. If this was kind of me, just like this was a mashup of me like talking at you about my personal experience in hopes that you can walk away from this episode to really inwardly reflect on your current professional experience. Whether you're a healthcare professional or not, I really want you to acknowledge and realize that the cycle of burnout, the burnout, the breakdown, the bounce back is a continuous cycle and it's going to keep cycling unless you learn how to break that cycle somewhere. But also on that same breath that you know and you are aware of where you're at on this cycle and what step comes next. Because if you're in that burnout phase, you're going to break down. Sister, you are going to break down. It's going to be okay. You might ugly cry. You might doubt yourself. You might question everything that you're doing, but you're going to bounce back. And just with like anything in life, you grow through what you go through. Every season serves you to some capacity. So if you have this like big old WTF question mark, is this what nursing is really supposed to be like above your head? Realize that you're not stuck. You have other opportunities out there. You just have to go seek them out. But if you love this style of podcast, please let me know. Tag me over on the gram per usual at Michaela underscore Robinson underscore. And I'll chat with you next week. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.